Hi folks, just before we begin our best of 2021 episode of FNS Wrestling Podcast, I just wanted to send a quick sincere thank you to anyone who has taken any time out of 2021 to listen to myself and my son talk about the world of wrestling. We started this as a hobby as the pandemic swept the world and we were sort of locked down at home looking for something to do. Neither of us have any experience in broadcasting, podcasting, doing any sort of recording of any kind at all, but we endeavored to do this because these are conversations that we sort of had anyways, and we decided to just come down here and talk about them in the basement and see if we could figure out this whole producing a podcast thing together. It continues to be one of the highlights of my week, and it's just a great way to spend a great deal of time with my teenage son. Thank you to anybody who's given us any time this year. We really do appreciate it. We'd love to hear from any of you. We hope that you enjoyed this special bonus episode where we talk about what we thought was all of the best things from the year 2021 in the world of professional wrestling. So happy new year to everybody and may everybody's 2022 be significantly better than 2021. Hi everybody, welcome to FNS Wrestling Podcast. I am your host, back in the basement with my co-host and teenage son, Jackson, who's choking on a bubble tea. <laughs> We're off to a good start, but yeah, I uh, went down the wrong tube, as they say. Your second bubble tea today. Yeah, second of the same bubble tea. As we get yes. ready to celebrate New Year's. Yep, um, I don't know when anyone's hearing this, but we are recording on New Year's Eve, uh, day before we are set to record our usual podcast that's kind of funny so this is our second annual best of wrestling i guess yeah year end awards yeah best of with a slight change this year because we are um we're going to talk about a whole bunch of different categories similar to last year if you you heard us should ever come up with like a name for them like you know how like there's like the dundies and no and no just (laughs) year end awards maybe at some point the the effies or something (laughs) the effies yeah that sounds amazing (laughs) I don't know. Finesses. Yeah. Finesses. The finesses? And FNS something or other. I don't know. Uh, I don't know. I think it'll be funny at some point. But we've got a whole bunch of categories we're going to talk about our best of. Um, it Specifically, a lot of AEW, obviously. And then... Um, we did make a change because last did. year we um we covered a lot of um AEW. It was just AEW and NXT and then right. we would group them for overall categories. But um, so for... How this will work is, so instead of NXT, we're going to cover all WWE, because we don't watch the shows really anymore. We checked in a bit this year, but we did consistently watch all the pay-per-views. Right. Um, Day one is tomorrow, so So for a lot of the categories, we're going to do an AEW best, uh, best of WWE, and and then then we'll combine those, like, overall, which will probably just be AEW, not not biased. And then I have also said any of, like, the general um, overall categories... For example, like, um, let's say best on the mic. If there was someone who you wanted to nominate some from, say, like, Impact right. or I watched ROH, Impact ROH. Right, like, then you can throw them in for the overall categories. Yep. Well, we'll we'll specify if it's from a specific place. I have basically. a feeling that the best of episode is going to be heavy on one company when it comes to overall stuff. And that the worst of is going to be... 
yep. kind of the unless, opposite of that. Unless when you have to focus on a specific place, right? Because then yes. you're kind of... But yes, uh, Warsaw will be on the way. It was soon. a little disappointing to to think about how NXT is really not in the running for best of much this year, right? Just because last year it was normal NXT and there was lots of cool stuff. And this year, the last whatever... I would say they had a generally good year because for most of the year, yeah. but they did pretty 2.0 well. 2.0 didn't start till later. September, I think. So that's and like a it, quarter of the year. And then it almost. went off a cliff for 25% of the year. Yep. Basically, yeah. <laughs> yeah, um, just over, I think, maybe. So I don't know. We were supposed to have a New Year's Eve party down the street with a bunch of friends, but cases are crazy in Ontario. School's oh, yeah. been pushed back for you for two days. Oh, yeah. So instead of going back on the 3rd, it's looking like the 5th so far, unless they bump it back from there. Who knows? Which, but we'll I see. don't know. They, they tend to do that, because I remember the way the first um, the first time they sent us home. It was uh, a, a week Pitt. after March break, right? Right. They are like, I think they extended March break by like one or two weeks, and then they just said Which our American school. friends call spring break, I believe. Yes. I don't um, even know th- if it's That's how it starts, right? Like, they, they postpone a bit, and then it's just like full send, we're done. Yeah, we'll see. So that's what I'm anticipating, to be honest. Back to online, you think? Cases are worse than ever, but I don't think they want to close schools. We'll see. But I I think that's like a last resort. Obviously, I I feel like in in school is better, but I really do not care. You didn't know. um, Which one we do. I almost want to do online because... Like, it, it feels like that's where we're going, and then also I can just watch as many movies as possible. And at least we've done it before, so it's a little right. bit less unknown this time in, around. But... In May, there's going to be the Doctor Strange movie, which is Multiverse of Madness, so there's supposed to be, like, a crap ton of cameos and whatnot. Right. So I've vowed, like, my New Year's resolution will be to watch every Marvel movie, every live-action Marvel movie ever. Um, like It's a great goal. Pretty much, Super yeah. Proud and of you. I will definitely do it if it's online so then i can watch like three movies a day yes of course because that's good that's good strategy for learning it is it did work for you it in grade eight, so. i got honorable last you year you did so. that is true what can i say right Right. uh we're getting a little off topic so right. let's get started so should we get into talking about yeah. what we consider from this world of wrestling in 2021 what we would like to call the best of So thanks to you, this is all ready to go, right? Because I struggle remembering a lot of these things. Yeah. So you did all like 90% of the legwork on preparing this. So I think we'll let you do the categories and the nominees and I'll sit back, <laughs> drink coffee and give my opinion when the time comes. So go ahead. What are we starting with? Pay-per-view or TV special of the year. All right. So we are going to start with our pay-per-view slash TV special of the year. I threw in TV special just because... EW mostly relies on those, so those are going to be considered as well. Basically, just like as the special event of the year. We basically, because we both wanted to pick Halloween Havoc, right? So we had to find a way to manipulate the system to get. Actually, yeah, yeah. I actually was pretty close to picking War Games. I'm. (laughs) Of course you were. Right. Anything NXT 2.0 right now? Wait, that's the next episode. I have a feeling there'll be a bunch of nominees on there. Oh yes, I have. Uh, I'm ready to just unleash on that crap. But we're going to focus on the positive today. Right. Um. So our nominees are going to be AEW All Out, which was from September something or August. I don't know. It was there. Um, it happened. AEW Double or Nothing, which was in like, I would say it, that one was like either late April, early May. And that one's like kind of their spring pay-per-view. Um, I thought one of the good, the really good ones, I remember really enjoying um, NXT's Great American Bash. It was, was pretty was one good. of the TV specials. Yep. Only, the only really standout one for them. And then also NXT TakeOver Stand and Deliver, which was the two-night affair. Right. 
I've I've seen like when um the one uh channel on YouTube is ranking the pay per views they they separate the nights of WrestleMania. Right. No. But I figure we can just group them. I in think there. so. Easier. It's not winning anyways for me. So. That being said, I um I include AW Fighter Fest night two. But <laughs> to be fair, those were like I, I don't know, I feel like those were separate weeks. Separate weeks. Yeah. Instead of like back to back days, so a little different, but maybe that's just my opinion. Um AEW Diamond Grand Slam, I feel like was kind of a TV special, so I kinda of threw that in there. Definitely yep. had the feel. And of course AEW's final pay per view of twenty twenty one, which was full gear. Yes. Um, so you want to go first with your pick? Sure. Um, so my close second was AEW All Out, which was yeah, a really that good was show. Really good. And it, it capped off with a couple of nice debuts, which we'll talk about later. Right. But no show this year impressed me from top to bottom quite like the fairly recent AEW Full Gear, right? Um, it was one of their best efforts of all time, I would I say. I absolutely loved the opener. That was my match of the night. That, that was awesome. Which was uh, Darby Allen MJF. And that was yep. on a night full of good matches. And it was my favorite right out of the gate. Yep. And then on top of that, we got the culmination of the Adam Page Elite storyline, right, right? That we at least here were super interested in. And even the matches I wasn't really interested in on that show, I can't Street say they were fight. bad, right? They were still fine to good. Um, just a purely entertaining four hours of a wrestling show. And as somebody who paid full price for that, I didn't bat an eye. At the end of it, I was totally happy to drop, I think it was $40 in Canada. On the pay per view, forty fifty or something, which is a factor for me, right? Like I feel like I got value out of that. I, I love like that if show. WWE was still in those days. A, we wouldn't have watched no. all of them this year. No, and not B, at all. You'd probably be be left wanting for your money back more often than not. The only reason I keep the network is because the pay per views are included, right? And we still watch all of those, and it's worth and it. And it's to got get, the back catalog, which I know you go through sometimes, right? So there's always that use and. There is. And I was watching like some, something super old the other night. Even I mean, just you're watching a lot of WCW. I am. I usually, you're like, oh, I watched this from 1990 WCW. something. Right. right. But anyways, AEW Full Gear is my pay-per-view of the year. Um, I am going to say for the folks who don't like us agreeing, you're going to hate this show. We do um, agree on a bunch of things. But I'm going to also have to agree with that choice, AEW Full Gear. It was one of AEW's best pay-per-views, period, so it had to be their best of the year, I think. It easily beats out anything NXT put out, which, to be fair, I enjoyed Great American Match. I thought TakeOver Stand and Deliver both nights were pretty good. I didn't include it, but uh, TakeOver 36 was solid as well. But it had so much to love. A match of the year contender for the opener. Lucha Bros. FTR was fun as well. It was. Punk vs. Kingston was a nice slugfest. Awesome. A six-man tag Falls Count Anywhere match. I don't know if I've ever seen a six-man tag Falls Count Anywhere match right. before. So that was pretty cool. I really enjoyed that. Even the street fight was, was solid, which I didn't really care about. Women's final match was solid as well. And the finale to the epic saga of the Elite storyline and the coronation of Hangman Page as champion was just the icing on top, really. Um, even stuff I didn't love, like I said, the street fight wasn't that bad either necessarily. It was like a very enjoyable pay per view. It was super good. Yeah, I yep. kind of almost forgot about the Punk Eddie Kingston, which was an awesome match too. Yep. Yeah, great show. Best on the microphone. Um. So our next category is what I call Mike Man of the Year, also including women, but Mike Man just has Sounds a better good. ring. You like to the it. alliteration? Yes. Mm-hmm. Um. So our nominations are going to be all ego Ethan Page. Kenny Omega, of course, MJF, CM Punk, Britt Baker, Eddie Kingston, Don Callis, who I've kind of really forgotten about. He's kind of yeah, gone I know. I now. I snuck him in there when you weren't looking. He was, <laughs> he was pretty good. And he then was. also I added in Brian Danielson because yeah. I think he actually kind of snuck in there as well. Everything he's done has been golden. Um. So who are you going with? So a couple, couple of my favorites. If Eddie Kingston had a more prominent role this year, 
Or if Moxley had stayed around for the whole year, they could have been in the running for sure, because to me, I don't find anyone more realistic and entertaining than Eddie Kingston. But I'm not choosing either of them because this guy, it's MJF, right? He wins pretty, MJF. pretty easily for me here. No one is more consistent than he is. Nobody is asked, I don't think, to do, to so regularly deliver lengthy promos, right? Um, for yep. women, it would likely be Britt Baker, although I think Deanna Perrazzo is somebody that nobody really sees, but she's fantastic. But I, I'm pretty sure it has to be MJF here, right? That's my choice anyways. Mm -hmm. I, I have to pick MJF. He just once again stands out as untouchable on the mic. He's always high on himself as a heel, um, but his self-praise of his mic skills are really where he's on the mark. Um, his promo battle with CM Punk was my one of my favorite promo segments of the year, and he had countless other great ones that seemed to come on a weekly basis, if, not, if they didn't actually... Um, a close one for me was I I always enjoy Ethan Page. He always brings some great energy to his promos. He's pretty close. And once he embraces inner heel, I thought Brian Danielson's work on the mic really came great. out more, yep. despite him there being a bad promo. Um, although we did group this uh, award, if I had to pick from women, I would obviously go with Britt Baker. Right. I think those two are pretty much the top mm -hmm. in either company. But at this definitely point. have to go with MJF. Yep. Feud of the year. Um, next, we move on to our best feud of the year. This is another overall one. Um, so the nominees we had were Omega versus Moxley, which kind of carried on from the end of last year. Omega versus Hangman. Cole versus O'Reilly from NXT. Uh, Lucha Bros versus and Young AEW Bucks. And now. They're still re yeah. They referred to it this week. That's true. Um, Lucha Bros versus Young Bucks, which was kind of short, but culminated in that cage match. And then to throw main roster a bone, McIntyre versus Lashley. <laughs> Not winning, spoiler alert. <laughs> yep. Um, what you got? So for me, there was one feud that brought... A, the feud itself was great, and then it brought lots of other people into it too, and the entire thing worked for me, and that was the uh, Hangman Page and Kenny Omega feud. So that included, obviously, the members of the Elite, the members of Dark Order, which two groups that I really enjoy for very different reasons, right? Heel and Babyface. Uh, I enjoyed the story that... Um, the story and the matches that sort of broke out surrounding it. And then we get the satisfying resolution in a great match. And then we get what we were waiting for, right? For however long now, the uh, Hangman Page Ascension to Champion. So I, it was a lengthy feud, lasted most of the year, right? And I thought it was really well done and incorporated lots of other people that I enjoy seeing. So that was my feud of the year. Mm -hmm. um, I thought th just the promo and character work with these two is awesome. And they pretty much matched in the ring. It was the best piece of storytelling um, that they've had for a while. The best piece of long-term storytelling that they've had. Like, if you want to prove that they can do the long-term storytelling like this is right. a great example. Because I feel like it's ran for years. I feel like it's been going on since, like, I don't know. You could date it back as far as you want, really. They do slow burn things really well yeah, and in AEW. It, I think um, it peaked when it turned into the Hangman Omega feud. Like, it's kind of been running as, like with the elites ran tear and whatnot the oh, hangman omega feud is really where things got going for me and that's what this is about um the segments were great i thought we got a lot of cool segments between these two and we, we even got like that 10-man elimination tag which was awesome then they kind of slow burned it again because hangman was having a baby right um but then what, they picked it back up when hangman won the ladder match and then it just felt great when hangman finally got the moment there were some other good feuds like i kind of enjoyed cole versus o'reilly for sure i um, mean lucha bros versus bucks was short but it was good but this one just easily stands alone as the best yeah because this was the, the lucha bros bucks was less promos right this was great in ring and promos and like all the stuff surrounding it right yep 
storyline of the year. Um, next, this one kind of goes hand in hand with the last it one does. is storyline of the year. Um, we only could come up with two nominees. They're pretty similar, but the Elite Reign of Terror and then Hangman's journey to the AEW title. Yeah, so I stuck with Hangman. I took his road to the title for the same reasons I said below both or above. Sorry, both of these guys did some amazing character work and mic work. Solid supporting cast to make it more interesting. A story targeted just to sort of contrast with WWE, not to rip on them, but this felt like it was a story for thoughtful adults and not children, right? Um, so that's what I kind of loved about it. So yeah, easy pick for me. I, I'd have to agree with that pick. It's been literal years in the making. They Wrestling loves to say that, but this was really years in the making. And we've been watching it, I think, since AEW's inception. In hindsight, it really feels like Hangman's entire run in AEW has been building into his title win, which, like, a lot of people, like, a lot of stars, I guess the goal is to win the title, but it right. feels like, like, literally his whole journey has been really building the title. And maybe that's not true. Maybe it is, but I think everything kind of felt planned out to a degree. Like, everything from him losing to Jericho to the tag title run with Omega it just feels like it's all... It was all put in place perfectly to build to his moment this year. And when he finally got the moment he deserved, um, it was just awesome. Um, even the way how they kind of ramped it up in the summer with like the Dark Order, yep. 10-man tag and whatnot. Even to, just to cut it off for a bit before going full send again to finally give the rewarding payoff. Um, it was it was worked perfectly. Hangman's order the title and the title one was further complimented because he toppled the most tyrannical champions in Kenny Omega. He did. And this is one of the clearest choices for it me. Was, it was an easy one to do this year. Mm-hmm. Yep. Faction or group of the year. Uh, next we go to our faction of the year. Um, so the nominees will be Death Triangle, who kind of had a bit of a reformation this year. Um, the Elite, who dominated most of the year. The Pinnacle, begrudgingly the Inner Circle. Because they existed and did stuff for yep. the year. <laughs> exactly that's the qualification yeah uh the bloodline and the dark order yes so for me this was pretty easy and i think to be fair if we were more regular watchers of wwe main main roster it might have been closer because i know the bloodline did all kinds of cool stuff throughout the year i think it's but i kind- think they formed like kind of like really formed kind of halfway through the year probably and i think it's kind of waning a bit now from what i hear from people that i trust that are watching it um but for me it was easy I like some of the other factions, don't get me wrong. Like, technically, Death Triangle's made up of three of my absolute faves in the wrestling yeah, that's business. That's still one of my favorite combinations ever, but... But I can't give them this award, right? It's hard not to give this to the faction that contains... I don't want to spoil it, but it's going to contain some major award winners that are coming up later in this show. So it would be sort of silly for me not to uh, include Just them the here. the sheer amount of, like, time they're on TV and right. whatnot, like... And so for me, it is the elite, and by a pretty wide margin, if you look at the accomplishments of specifically Omega and the Young Bucks this year, and everything they've done in-ring, outside of the ring, just the whole package, right? So it's got to be the elite for me for Mm -hmm. uh, Faction of the Year. Um, Another very easy choice. (laughs) As the elite dominated AEW TV screens, but personally, I don't think it was too much or unearned, which some people thought, because, oh, they're the EVPs, but... I thought they were amazing. They are obnoxious and entertaining for nearly the entire year. And they all dropped their titles in perfect fashion to my, like, literally the ideal choices. Like, I think right. they dropped it to the exact people who they should have dropped them to. Um, They are even able to add another A-list member, baby. And <laughs> um, I did like that we got a lot more of Death Triangle this year, though, because I feel like Pac 
um, and the whole COVID thing kind of stopped, halted their yeah, momentum last year. Yeah, he got stuck year. overseas, I think, right? So while they're a bit of a stop-start, um, they definitely got more time to shine this year, so I thought that was pretty nice, but the Elite is a clear, just top dog. Yep, they are awesome. And I think um, even having Doc Gallows in their group did not slow them down. Well, a little bit. He slowed down. Well, they would have won by maybe, a larger margin. Maybe if you weren't there. Maybe literally <laughs> slowed them down. Yes, cause... he literally for sure slowed them down. <laughs> Breakout star of the year. Um, next, we move to our breakout star of the year, looking for like a star who's kind of broken out of their current spot yep. and kind of gotten a new level of prominence, so to speak. Um, our nominations, we got Daniel Garcia, who kind of came to AEW and really got like more of a People rise in prominence. Uh, Jade Cargill, who I wouldn't have even known at the beginning of the year, and now is one of the featured the, the most prominent yes. uh, stars in the women's we'll division. Say AEW. Best. <laughs> yeah, I I don't I can't use that word. No, can't. Um, the acclaimed, who I've 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 really enjoyed since that Buck Hunt uh, music oh video last year, but I think they've really rose to prominence even more. Uh, Dante Martin, formerly of Top Flight. Yeah, and... his brother getting injured seemed to help him, right? Yep. He started getting singles matches and tagged up with other people and had a heck of a year. And Dark Horse John Silver, who got a little more spotlight shone on him this year as well. And I think people are starting to realize what a great wrestler John Silver is, right? Because he's getting some... And he's just hilarious in general. But uh, for me, it was a two-horse race. I personally haven't seen enough of Garcia yet to give it to him, even though he gets a lot of praise from a lot of people. I don't think Jade has quite earned it just through mostly her in-ring work, right? So my choice needs to definitely work on his acting and his speaking and his character work, because it's not strong. But for me, in-ring, Dante Martin, right? If this is different, like, if it was most improved, I probably wouldn't give it to him. But I feel like Breakout is a little different yes. from Yes, like, improving. this is the guy whose visibility, for me, is... Right, exactly. That's From what this January about. to December right. is way different, exactly. right? So Dante Martin, he continued to deliver match after match. Like, I get excited to hear he's in a match with, like, a new matchup, because... He does things in the ring that few people can do, and he makes them look super easy. And then on top of that, I really feel like he does things that other people can't do at all. So he has clearly been noticed as he's had some great performances. So he's been sort of given several higher and higher profile matches kind of to end the year on a high note. So whether it's in a tag team or in one of his many singles matches, always gets my attention, always does something impressive, just jumping around the ring and, and just... The things he can Literally. do are amazing. So he is entertaining. He is my uh, most, or sorry, breakout star of the year. Yep. Um, most breakoutiest wrestler. He broke out the most. The most broken out. <laughs> the most broken out. <laughs> nice. Um, I think AEW had a lot of great new stars this year. I think like WWE didn't have anything in this category. No, I don't that, think too hard about them. If something not, doesn't jump out, I don't. That's don't not know. really by design. That's just how it happens. Yep. But I think the breakout star of the year is Dante Martin. Each of the candidates has broken out to some degree, but I think Dante Martin really broke out of his position the most. When his brother got injured, that just greenlit a bit of a rise for him. Right. Um, he had a series of stand-up performances, even going toe-to-toe with the then world champ in that, I think it was a trios match, remember, with yes. Omega? Like, I think that was, like, really the first one for him. And then They he got... really spent time focusing on him in he, that, he right? He looked even Which better impressive. in some solos matches. I think one against Paros Hobbs. He, even when he was back in a tag team for a bit, the matches with Leo Rush were just super entertaining. We only got like two on Dynamite, but still very entertaining. He was always an athletic wonder, but I think this t- time he really stood out this year, broke out. He's got, starting to look more like a wrestler, right? And not just right. an athlete who's 
incredible athlete, but he's looking like right. a wrestler. Now. And I don't know if he does go back to teaming with Rush. I think that'd be a good tag team to have around. I had fun. He with definitely that does need to work on his stuff outside of the ring, but as far as in the ring goes, I think he'll be set for a while. We have agreed on everything so far. Is that so? It I is told. So far. I did say that. Yep. I, there was the warning. Consensus so far. Go uh, ahead. What's next? Most improved wrestler of the year. And next we go to our pretty similar one, but like I said, it is different, um, most improved right, of the year. Right, because they could have improved but still not broken out, or they could have already been broken out and still improving, like somebody on this list, I feel like, right? Right. Um, so, nominees are Ty Conti, Raquel Gonzalez, Ilya Dragunov, Kyle O'Reilly, Jungle Boy, The Acclaimed, Dante Martin, and Miro. Yeah, so Miro was the one I was thinking about, like, he's broken out before, right, and been a star in other places, but... For him, it was just that character he figured out from the video game playing guy to now game the over. Redeemer, right? So he's not my choice here, but I just wanted to sort of try and provide the difference between most improved and breakout, at least to me. Yeah. So I was close to giving this to Tay Conti or Raquel Gonzalez, but for me, they kind of got caught and passed right near the end of this year by the winner of this award, and that for me is the acclaimed. So they did deal with some injuries this the year. Acclaimed, top of the chain. And I remember at the beginning of this, I was noticing that Caster had improved a lot because I didn't think either of them were great for a while. Yeah, then I remember it's... they had that at match against SCU that they won, but they didn't really do anything. Right. And they I weren't doing moves. Year, but... There was a couple matches where we're like, actually count the wrestling moves they're doing, right? Like there's almost none in there. I can't remember if that was like early this year or the end of last year, but it was around then. Um, then near the end of the year, I was more noticing Bowen, right? And he's really good. It gotten a lot better. And... I mean, the the entrance with the raps coming in is amazing. I've always enjoyed their entrance. That's just been so awesome. So they've become, for me, just a really strong heel unit that combines some of the old school and new school elements. Uh, mm -hmm. I've really enjoyed the work they've done this year. So the acclaimed are my most improved performers of the year, I guess. Mm -hmm. um, I would have originally thought to immediately pick Conti, honestly. As early in the year, I remember she just, like, we were both really impressed in a couple of matches she had, seeming to have made great strides opposed to her next team room where she was relatively just unnoticed. Yes. But somewhere along the line, I thought her momentum just kind of halted. Like, I feel right. like in the l later half of the year, like, she hasn't really done much. Good, she's but still at that team level, but I feel like... Plateaued. Right? It, right. She's still at that level, but she hasn't really, like, A, gone better, or, like, she hasn't been given enough time to shine and Fair. show us that she has. Yep. Whereas I think the acclaimed have always been entertaining outside the ring. They've only built up momentum and sitting at the end of the year. Um, I can confidently say they're an all-around solid tag team. And towards the beginning of the year or end of last year, uh, thinking they weren't much in the ring because we didn't see much. Now I think Bones is much better than Caster is, too. And sometime next year... They wouldn't be my top choice, but I wouldn't mind them getting a run at the tag belt. And they could be back next year for us as breakout stars, right? Because they could be poised. Again, it is a really packed division, but if they can find some time in some way. Because I've seen Max Caster <clears throat> since he was on the indies, and I didn't find him very impressive back then. So he's improved a ton. They're they're really good now. Right. I mean, if they were able to find a solid third, hey, yes. trios, trios champs. Yep. Right? Um, I can't wait for those titles to come in. They, they got to come in soon. They should wrestler debut of the year uh next we go to uh, a new category we did change up some of the categories like i remember we had like segment of the year last year we did. it went up but this time we got debut of the year well, guess what there Th that would be my lot. my winner for this would be segment of the year so it doesn't matter what you want to call it it's going to win either way that, oh, that's true right? that's true in this case because this year i don't think there's any debate um, on this one so debut of the year um it's an AEW heavy category. Um, so yes. nominees are Andrade El Idolo, Malachi Black, 
Adam Cole, CM Punk, Brian Danielson, MSK, and Von Wagner. Ha <laughs> just kidding. No no just, Braun Breaker? Oh, nah. Oh, that's right. Braun Breaker, too. Just kidding. No. Uh, just to insult NXT a bit, because they deserve it. Uh, this was one of the few no-brainers on this list. Only yeah. one return um, that we return, sort of debut, I guess. Sort of spoiling my answer there. It led to an all-time wrestling, mo- wrestling moment that, to me, is the only thing comparable to Jericho's debut in WWE as somebody who was a huge Jericho fan at that time. Um, this was the only thing reminiscent. And that was the debut of CM Punk this year in AEW. I'm not, I say it all the time, I'm not even a really big fan of CM Punk, but this was an undeniable moment that people are going to talk about, wrestling fans will talk about forever. It even got a reaction from my wife as she was like walking by and just watching the ovation that lasted for however many minutes it was right when he just the crowd was and she was like wow it was that one must of the most be, insane pops like I've that ever must seen. be pretty feel pretty cool right so even a non-wrestling person stopped literally and took note of it this will go down as a classic wrestling moment and it was really appointment viewing right because um aew also did a great job of letting us know it was going to happen but not telling us outright and because like, they're not um, WWE, you actually know they're going to follow through and they're not going to go, ha, 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 it didn't happen, right? That was funny. It was kind of like a worst-kept secret on purpose. And it, it was. It, it's really reminiscent of later in the year when the uh, Spider-Man movie came out. Like, Hollywood's worst-kept secret is that Tony right. McGuire and Andrew Garfield were going to be in it. Because they want but... you to come because of it, but they don't want to ruin the moment. So they just lead you right up to it, right? right? So Whereas I think WWE exactly would like use that opportunity to screw us over and laugh at us. AEW is like, trying this really unique concept for a business which is giving your customers what they want which is a crazy concept for wwe to ever employ but mm-hmm. aew does it and it was an amazing moment easily the moment of the year debut of the year segment of the year whatever you want to call it it I was think, this i think it does have to be said though that there were a lot of great debuts there in were. AEW this year they were just on fire signing people a lot of people, which I mean, we've said they shouldn't be doing, but they they were getting it right. Danielson as is the next one for me, probably. I think would he be made a pretty nice one. debut, yeah. yeah. And just um, what he's done since getting there, right? Yeah. Um, I think Andrade and Malachi Black were close in timing, but both very exciting. I remember, like, I remember freaking out, like, I I was like, oh my god, Alistair Black's on AEW. Um, so that, I remember that being really cool. Those were both very pleasing as well, and I could say the same for Adam Cole because they kind of teased that, and then at towards the end of all out he debut that was really awesome and brian danielson following right up i think was awesome as well um but the clear choice is obviously cm punk uh not my favorite guy debuted this year that would be adam cole if i were choosing my favorite guy who debuted i would would probably agree or danielson but that's not what this is about Um, but it was the year's best moment like if we're talking about like moments that is just the standalone one it'll probably live with a lot of people forever iconic um, it is it was iconic it was just so cool from the teases and hype to the night it happened the sheer insanity of the pop when cult of personality hit is a moment that will stick with me and a lot of people forever it was simply surreal yet everyone in the arena i'm assuming around the world losing their minds as even like rumors about punk returning to wwe or just returning to wrestling had made the, the rounds yep, for, always repeatedly for years never ever came to fruition but um, this year, AEW made it happen. It was absolutely electric, as they would say. Um, it, was. it was just, it was awesome. Yep. Most underrated wrestler of the year. Um, next, we go to a new category, which I feel like um, we'll probably make a regular because I see this I like a it. lot in places I think it works. It's underrated wrestler of the year. Um, the way we work, I feel like underrated belongs in the best of because that means someone good who's not really appreciated. Yes. And then overrated, we will be talking about in the best because it's the, not in the worst so, of. I not mean, so sorry. complimentary. Exactly. Yes. So uh, the people uh, we've nominated are 
um, Bobby Fish, uh, Stu Grayson, uh, Sean Spears, Layla Hirsch, Evil Uno, Keith Lee, um, by WWE at least. <laughs> by people who matter in that company, unfortunately. And Halico, or dare I say both TH2, um, the Elite Hunter, K- Frankie Kazarian, uh, Proud and Powerful, and Fabian Eichner. Yes, so this was about the closest I came to giving something to an NXT star when I wasn't forced to. <laughs> um, so my honorable mention would be Fabian Eichner. I think this guy is tremendous. I think Imperium is one of the it's one of the only <laughs> things I look forward to on NXT 2.0 right now. He's just an amazing combination of speed and strength and everything else. But uh, once I started to think about this category, the choice for me personally became obvious. This wrestler almost always does one or two things in a match just to awe me a little bit or I'll gasp or something. And we did see him live at an indie show before he was in AEW, and that really highlighted just how fast and athletic this guy is. We always put him over on the podcast for his ability and for being Canadian. And that is Stu Grayson is my most underrated wrestler. I'm very confident in this choice. And as a bonus, I did get to speak to him for a few moments after that indie show, right? And he seemed like a super nice guy. Like I came away from that thinking he was a really good dude. He is an amazing wrestler who doesn't get a lot of attention. So uh, it's Stu Grayson for me. Mm -hmm. I think we Um, disagree on this one for the first time. Nice. Um, While... My boy Grayson is a very close pick. I decided to go with Bobby Fish, who nice. made his debut in AEW a little while ago. And so, Undisputed Era has been my favorite faction for a while when they were around. I love them all, but even I never cared a ton about Bobby Fish. He True. was he was usually injured, and he was just the least all-around interesting of them, I think. He was the right? afterthought like, they, of the group. They were all good, but yeah. yeah, he was kind of the group's afterthought. However, since his debut in Challenge of Guevara's TNT title... On Dynamite and subsequent matches against the likes of Brian Danielson, CM Punk, among others. I've seen how great he can be as he's pretty entertaining in the ring. He works a very interesting style. And I've actually come to like him quite a bit. So I'd pick him as my most underrated because I actually have been underrating him myself for the longest time as well. I think it's also a testament to like how and AEW can do it so much better than WWE. He wasn't even winning matches in AEW and he looked amazing, right? right? Like he was losing every yeah. match and I'm going, but like... He's so fun to watch. His style's so cool and everything looks so right. good. It doesn't point, even matter if he wins, really. Right, to the point where, like, now the, the Undisputed Era is kind of reforming in right. AEW. And, like, I, I would kind of consider him as, like, like I'm not, he's not going to be really much of an afterthought for me because I was, like, I, he's definitely, like, on, he's way better now and I, he's been pretty underrated for me for a while. There's so. something about the presentation in AEW that seems to benefit basically everybody. So yep. I, I don't know what it is, but... Everybody's looking better, pretty mm-hmm. much. Um. So next, we're moving into a section which we're calling the major awards. So these are like the the main ones, so to speak. These are the big ones. WWE Match of the Year. Um. So we're gonna start with our WWE Match of the Year. So this is where you're gonna see us go into WWE, AEW, and Oof. then overall. Yes. So yeah, that's how this is. Going Actually, I shouldn't say that. There were some good matches in WWE. I'm g- being hard on them, but they they do some good work. Generally, the pay per views are at least okay, right? With a couple good matches. Yeah. Um, <laughs> what do you got for so us? So our nominees for um WWE are going to be so this is NXT and main roster. Um, Walter versus Ilya Dragunov from. NXT TakeOver 36. The rematch. Yep. 
Adam Cole versus Kyle O'Reilly 2 from Great American Bash. That was the second match between them. Um, I put in Johnny Gargano and match. Austin Theory versus Pete Dunne and Oni Lorcan from NXT uh, June 22nd. That's your sleeper match of the year. You loved that one. That yeah. was a sleeper. If I had a sleeper match, that would be it, man. Um, Karrion Cross versus Pete Dunne versus Kyle O'Reilly versus Adam Cole versus Johnny Gargano from TakeOver in Your House. That look, five-way, which is very fun. Look at Karrion Cross getting a nod for match of the year. Because <laughs> that was the match where right. they took him out for like 10 yeah. minutes, right? So he didn't yeah. have to wrestle. Right. That <laughs> yeah. was his multi-man defense. Yeah. Um, Roman Reigns versus Dan Bryan versus Edge, WrestleMania 37 Night 2, which was like, if I had to pick just a main roster match to go with, that would be it. Because I was like a rare main roster match I genuinely enjoyed. I would just like to give an honorable mention to that one. Right. Um, And then finally, our uh, last one is Bianca Blair versus Satchmix from WrestleMania 37 Night 1. So the two Mania main events squeeze in there as the only main roster matches here. And one of them is my honorable mention because I thought I really enjoyed the match. And that yeah, was that's funny. My honorable mention is the other one. My Bel Air was sorry, Bel Air Sasha Banks match. Um, give Bane roster a little bit of love. I thought that was an excellent match, kind of over delivered for me. I really liked that one too, but it was weird. Like, I feel like most people love that. And I, I liked it, but then I was just like, I really enjoyed the other one better for some reason. Yeah, that's fine. Opinions can be different, it mm-hmm. makes for a more interesting show, probably. But as for my winners, their first match was close to being my match of the year last year and the rematch was what i thought i was about the... to ask why but then i remembered the match of the year last right. year which so how was am i going to defeat that so i thought this was the best match in wwe this year and it's funny because it's from two guys that don't really wrestle in north america right so not on main roster or nxt that's obviously walter versus dragonov too just another absolute slugfest mixed in with really strong wrestling too but just had me captivated with the simple brutality that each one of these guys is just willing to sustain to entertain us. Like, they just kind of, like we always say, right, on on our podcast, they have an agreement where it's just like, you can literally beat on me for a while in this and we'll entertain people. Right. So I remember I did really enjoy uh, O'Reilly and Adam Cole too, but the Walter Dragunov match is really the only one that stood out to me that I didn't even, without having to go back and look or whatever, this was the match that came to mind. You had the unbeatable champion in Walter, finally beaten by the unlikely challenger. Um, Who, the, to his credit, improved a lot in the build-up to that match. And for me, it was on the mic, he impressed yeah. me a yeah, lot, Yeah, that's right? what it was, because I remember enjoying him in the ring after the first yes. match, but I feel like he really ramped up his um, did. character work They kept the, the build and the story really simple, but that's not a bad thing. They did it really effectively. It was almost like an AEW-style build. Like, it I was. Think they, it was one of the things they really did well this year. And the match was fantastic, so that's my WWE mm-hmm. match of the year. So, um, uh, like I said, honorable mention to the WrestleMania Night 2 main event, that three-way, which I thought was really nice. And so my pick is a little bit of an unconventional I like it. one. Um, I It might be on par with the Walter and Dragon. I'm like, but I enjoyed this one um a lot more nxt went through a lot this year even changing completely in september well it may have slipped a bit this year before that as well it had a good amount of solid matches there are some good ones to choose from from walter's dragon off two, the five win in your house cole o'reilly two. but i went with a one-off uh tv match that i still remember as being great um the that tag match between gargano and theory and dunn and lorkin I really loved it. It was a great example of how to do a TV match, right? It stands out one of NXT's and WWE's best matches of the year for me, and it was only on an average episode of TV. It's it's up against, for me, these TakeOver matches, right. WrestleMania main events, and I still loved it. Um, while others might be better, I think it, it says something that I enjoyed this as much as those when it was just on a random episode of NXT. Um, it's that little bit of surprise factor helps, right? Like yeah. you just weren't you're expecting like this will be a solid TV match. But and I like, just Damn. really enjoy this. It was super well done. 
Um, and the only um main roster match of the year I remember genuinely really enjoying was the main two night main event, but the Sasha versus Belair match was good too. But the output the output from NXT was generally better, and that TV tag match still remains a standout of the year for me amongst all these bigger pay per view matches. It kind of reminds so me. So I remember, really enjoyed it. Remember what tag match surprised me favorite. on NXT? Uh, and it was a. Cat and Zero and Carter were in it, and I forget who oh. else, but I was like, man, that was, was a um, really Dakota good... and Raquel, I think. It was a really good match. Yeah, yeah I think well. it was Dakota and Raquel. I think that was this year, right? Yeah, it and caught me I by surprise, was, yeah. for sure. Yep. Um, so yeah, that good. is That's an my interesting choice. I like it. match of the year. AEW match of the year. And next we move to AEW match of the year, so like I said, we're separating from a promotion, then after this will be our overall match of the year, which is just grouping the... which is just essentially giving another, another pat in the hat to Pat on the back to Pat in the hat, the cat in the hat. <laughs> Pat on the back to AEW. <laughs> Probably. Um. So nominations are going to be Lucha Bros versus the Young Bucks, Steel Cage match from All Out. Crazy. Um. The Super Elite versus the Dark Order from Fight for the Fallen, which is the Survivor Series match, except it was good. Um. <laughs> <laughs> sorry, I had to say that. Um. Britt Baker versus Thunder Rosa, the Lights Out match from Dynamite. I think it was St. Patrick's Day Slam. Um, I did research to check. I'm pretty sure. Um, Brian Danielson versus Kenny Omega, Dynamite Grand Slam, a uh, Young Bucks, for, Young Bucks versus SCU, which I think was from Blood and Guts. I want to say right. I remember that it was good. Those the SCU is done match. Oh um, yeah. And Omega versus Hangman from Full Gear, and Darby Allen uh, versus MJ from Full Gear. I didn't add it here, but we forgot to mention uh, Hangman versus Danielson from Winter is Coming was the late late edition. That was a late edition. So this was the hardest category for me to choose on this list. I went back and watched some of the contenders, uh, and I was still unsure, so I watched the Lucha Brothers and Bucks cage match again. Absolute spectacle. Pedal to the metal from the opening bell. Like, within a minute, there was crazy stuff happening in this, some breathtaking spots along the way. And then if it were solely based on enjoyment, which it's not, I would probably say that the Baker, uh, Britt Baker, Thunder Rosa unsanctioned match would be my favorite. For me, favorite. if I'm going on enjoyment, I would definitely go on the cage match. Yeah. So that might have been my favorite match, but the category is for the best match. And for that's a little bit different for me. So I'm giving that to the 60-minute Brian Danielson hangman from Draw from a couple weeks ago. Uh, this match was incredible, had me captivated. Honestly, to me, felt about half as long as it actually was. And I think that's a big compliment. It did not feel like a one-hour wrestling match. From the action to the storytelling in the ring, the strong character work by each man, just an instant classic this match. I really think that AEW had a lot of matches that I could have chosen, and it could be coming down to a little bit of recency bias affecting me. Yeah, I think this one still is very fresh in the mind. I think that's fair to say. So I am taking Brian Danielson versus Hangman Page as my match of the year for AEW. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm going to have to agree. Um, I'm I'm picking Hangman versus Danielson as well. Um, For a while, even after this match, I was still going to pick Omega versus Danielson, which I think was still a near flawless half hour of pro wrestling. But I think uh, Hangman versus Danielson nearly beats it. Also, Kurt wow, Brian Danielson. Wow, I'm surprised you switched. Brian Danielson for two right. very good match of your candidates. Yep. I must say, props to him. Um, it had another half hour to work with, which I think benefited because the in-ring storytelling here was impeccable, and I say that in every sense of the word. Uh, Brian's in-ring master is on full display here. The time limit limit draw didn't feel like a detractor, even though I was really pulling for a Hangman win here. Um, there were some great spots and sequences. The way Brian would go after any weakness or mistake Hangman made was yes. uh, great. It was smart. It took up half of the show, but didn't feel like a slog or anything. It builds a lot of anticipation for the rematch, which should be amazing as well, which is coming soon. Yes. Um, but 
Definitely honorable mentions to um, Omega Danielson and the cage match. Yep. And uh, Darby Allen. I did not yeah. expect you to pick that one. Mm. Nice. Interesting. Overall match of the year. Um, so overall match of the year. <laughs> I'm curious to see which one you think. Uh, I went with... I. It's not really close for me. Like, I love Dragonov Walter, but Hangman Danielson. No, AEW is better. I'm shocked. Just on another level as far as I'm concerned. And doing this exercise, right, of kind of going back and looking at the year. He shortened it to Drag Walter. That's funny. Nice. It really drives home for me, and I think for you too, that, like, the style of wrestling on WWE main roster just isn't for me, right? Like, it's just looking back at everything this year, it's it's hard to include WWE in some of these right. categories. I mean, other than like two matches, which were genuinely good, which were even still a bit of main roster style. And also they were from the biggest show of the year. Right. right. So it's kind of little different. Yep. And it's just that the, that product really isn't for me. And I'm super thankful AEW exists, man. Let me tell you. Yes, I agree. Um, I'm going to agree. Uh, nothing WWE had to offer even comes close to some of my honorable mentions for AEW's match of the year. Uh, Hangman versus Danielson just stands out from the rest as the best. A true masterclass, and I pretty much went over it already. Yeah. But it was just, it was awesome. Yep. WWE Tag Team of the Year. Um, so next we move to WWE's Tag Team of the Year, which um is probably the hardest category to do because Vince has a back catalog of amazing tag teams right just, it was incredibly close there were like a lot of good ones here the dirty dogs say. made the nomination for god's uh, sake yeah. <laughs> i that i wouldn't have done that but they they did actually they, I, when they were champs they i remember they kept defending in like multi-man matches and whatever so as I think a person based who, on activity alone like, as a person who only watches pay-per-views i don't think i've seen them wrestle ever they dropped the toast to the mysterious okay we saw that oh, we at, at wrestlemania so backlash Okay, oh, it was at WrestleMania Backlash. So you better it's remember a big it. Show. All right, and I'm still sad they're not called Rudolph. If I'm being they honest, they should be obviously right. Like, come on, that's that's why they're not getting. It. If they were Rudolph, bro, they'd be it's my over. tag team of the decade. <laughs> all right, like, all right. So, in all seriousness, um, we include MSK, uh, Champ and Thatcher. Which, what happened to Timothy Thatcher? Uh, R.I.P. Timothy Thatcher. Someone tell me what happened to Timothy Thatcher. I know he's not dead. I know, I, he, I know he, was, he exists. He was rumored to be in Diamond Mine, which would be a smart that fit. That would be awesome. That would be the only acceptable replacement for Tyler Rust. And even then, it's still a gaping hole. Someone point. I was listening to was calling for a fight pit with Walter and Riddle. Fight pit. But it's yes. got to be Thatcher. It's got to be Thatcher. Make it a three-way then. Yes. That's, yes. <laughs> There's the loophole. Just put in Thatcher just to... Or have Thatcher ref Fight pit. I, I guess know. if he's no. alive is he alive he's, I, I don't know well last time you made that joke it was with Brody lee okay so you can't do that anymore i should not do that all right you're right um you're right. other nominees uh bert and lorkin uh, imperium uh rudolph i'll call him rudolph now uh the new day the usos rk bro and street profits main roster getting a bone here this was a struggle for me because wwe hates tag team wrestling and i don't even whoa think, whoa whoa vince hates tag team wrestling. i don't even right. think they try to hide it so i love imperium right now but their year overall wasn't that strong yeah they were pretty like under the radar until like the end of the, the tail end of the year right and since i only watch main roster wwe pay-per-views and not weekly tv i really don't think any tag teams stand out because they don't get a lot of attention or for me prominent I spots on their pay-per-views right normally like i feel like usos or new day would be good consideration yes. but i feel like they didn't even have like the strongest of years like yes the usos were very prominent in the bloodline but 
I don't think even this run matches up to their like 2017 and run. And I'm just kind of tired of them, to be honest. They're just a around bit, still. Right? But So I kind of have to take MSK in this category <laughs> um, since they were the champions of the only brand that sort of cares about tag teams a little bit, at least before. Or they did. Right. Before so, they got um, Briggs and Jensen their char- jacket time. MSK's character work is incredibly cringeworthy a lot of the time, especially the 2.0 version of them. <laughs> their promos aren't very good. But they're very fun to watch in the I ring. Mean, I think they're poised for a great year. They have a shaman now. So. They do. And they were given a sustained push immediately, right? And that's, I f- that's true. think uh, they had the best year among WWE tag teams, I guess. So I MSK think they kind of had to, yeah. They were champs for most of the year, right? Kind of so. by default. Because again, if, if I'm telling you all I watch main roster is pay-per-views, the tag teams aren't there and aren't doing anything. So I don't really see any of them. So mm-hmm. it's MSK for me. Um, I would like to shout out Grizzly Young Veterans as a underrated and now mistreated tag team. Very much agree. Who I used to very much love, and James Drake is still a cool boy. They are cool. Um, I will also pick MSK. It is much, much less defined than AEW, because I think there in AEW there is one team who was untouchable there, and nobody in WWE stands out nearly as much a great deal Um, across three shows. No, right. It's like AEW's got a host of great tag teams on like one main show, now Rampage, which was not here for most of the year um msk is still i guess a clear choice as they had some good matches throughout the year they had like you said the sustained push for as soon as they got here they were champions for most of the year as well and they're the most prominent of nxt's teams i think that they were uh, more entertaining than any of the main roster champs as well they definitely weren't the best for a sustained title run though because of the lacking abilities outside of the ring yeah but they, they did good enough carrying the division i think throughout most of the year yeah i don't think they really elevated the titles and but i mean again what other choice do we have really right yeah <laughs> um like i said the usos would be a close consideration but despite the bloodline making the problem again doesn't feel up to their runs in previous years right and i just didn't see enough of them to be to be honest that is also true they they kind of came in the fold later in the year because it, was, it was, was one of the usos on, right focused on whichever one for it was. a bit yeah, yeah it was jay and then jimmy came back like and then they started doing tag stuff because yeah jay was like full-on singles wrestler for a while there yeah he i'm surprised he's not a world champion with roman because he won the andre the giant memorial battle royal this That's year that's the where's ticket his, to stardom where's his world title run you know what i'm saying strap the rocket to exactly AEW tag team of the year um aw's tag team of the year um we only have a few nominees which is all you really need. Uh, Young Bucks, uh, Lucha Bros, FTR, and Jurassic Express made the cut. Yeah. I would even maybe throw in, like, I don't know, you could put in Pound Powerful or something. I don't know. They didn't. They were technically prominent because they were doing the inner circle stuff. Bear so. Country. Bear County. Whoa. Whoa. Bear County. I am, I'm sorry. Out. I'm. Can I? Can we go back in time to change my match of the year? Gun Club Bear Country. Right. Hello. It's a banger, as the yes. kids say. Um, <laughs> it's amazing. To have a company that respects tag team wrestling. Oh, remember um when FTR came in and I think it was last year, they had literally had the tag team appreciation night. Yep. Remember that's when they turned heel. Exactly. Uh the Lucha Brothers, FTR both had a great year with a lengthy feud between each other to end the year. But I gave this um it was not too hard for me. I gave it this was to not the, hard at all. To the young bucks. They'd been involved in some of the biggest stories of the year. And they have yet to put on anything other than an entertaining match all year long, including a strong match of the year contender. I think even that match against what was it, Rocky Romero and Orange Cassidy? I yep. think it was, or no, it was Chuck Taylor, right? Yes. Yeah, it was Chuck Taylor and uh, Rocky Romero. That Chuck was like Taylor's a late, another underrated. Oh, uh, uh, that was a late entertaining match. As it well. was. They became 
even bigger D-bags as Mega Heels this year, and they're invo- even just the evolution of their ridiculous physical appearance oh, that every was week so awesome. was really fun to watch. I say it all the time, and I, I feel like when I talk about punk, right? I don't want to like these guys. I, I'm not, like, prone to liking them, but they are nonstop entertainment when for me. When it's good, it's good. Their style of wrestling, a lot of people can't stand it. I have no problem with it. Every match is exciting. They are the best tag team going. They are my AEW tag team of the year, the Young Bucks. I feel like Cornette's one of those people, right? I would assume he hates them. He I hates know. Kenny Omega. So <laughs> I was going to say, yeah, he hates Omega. So yeah. you got, I just don't got give it. him any time. He, I, I won't listen to him. I assume he hates the Bucks. I would ridiculous. almost want to listen to that just to piss myself off. Yes, that would. <laughs> just to um, torture myself, And I, I think he, I assume he loves FTR because they're old school, right? I mean, they are good, but they are of course, of course you would. Yes. Um, I, it, I don't think we agree a lot, but this is, it's the Bucks. Yeah, I mean, what it's are you going to do? It's not the Bucks. It's never not going to be the Bucks this year. Um, similar to Omega, they were dominant champions for most of the year, had one of their best years yet, if not their, the, the best year they've had. Um, while it was off to a bit of a rocky start, once they embraced their inner douche and became obnoxious mega douchebag heels alongside Omega, they were as entertaining as Don as ever. Their character work was the best I've seen from them, and as on a weekly basis, they seemed to get more obnoxious yet fun to watch. Everything they did from their mannerisms in the ring to their promo or entrance clothes to hair color and beards, they were always a joy to watch and just like... You wanted to see what they're doing next, and they were putting up bangers like it's nobody's business. I think they dropped their titles in perfect fashion in the best tag match since last year's. Some say uh, the best match tag match ever. I don't think you can top last year's, but I think it's the best one since then. Yep. I think it's it's given best the other tag one, team cage match probably. That definitely, and it's given the other one a run for its money in terms of tag matches. Um, they've earned some rest for sure. Yet they're still on on TV pretty regularly. Um, now alongside I'm cool with Omega getting a deserved break. Um, great year for them. It'll be hard to top. Lucha Bros may have been closer if they were champs longer and did a little more aside from their title run, which right. has been which started a little lackluster. But like you said, that that feud with FTR definitely gave them some points. And FTR gets a brief honorable mention for they they still brought the goods. They were in, involved in the Pinnacle feud, which right. was a prominent spot, and they won the AAA tag titles late in the year, which ended the Lucha Bros like 800 plus day reign because like that's. That something that mexico does a lot they do um but so yeah young bucks are the clear choice overall tag team of the year and now in probably the hardest category to pick is the overall tag team of the year AEW and wwe like mm, is who it do msk you go or is it young bucks i don't know see i struggled uh, it's of course the young bucks they're just on a different level entirely is there anyone else that's even close? It's the Young Bucks, based on everything we've already said. MSK are not in the same league, so it's the Young Bucks all day. Although, I must say, Rudolph gave them a run for their they money. Did, for sure. WWE Female Wrestler of the Year. Um, next, we move to WWE's Female Wrestler of the Year. The way this will work, we'll do like the, the female categories for WWE-AW. Uh, overall, we'll do the same for male. And then there's going to be the overall wrestler at the end, encompassing right. both genders. Yep. Um, so WWE's female wrestler, the nominees are Io Shirai, Raquel Gonzalez, Dakota Kai, Bianca Belair, Becky Lynch, uh, Charlotte Flair, and I guess maybe Rhea Ripley. Yeah, I Possibly. suppose you could throw her in there. She's not winning, but why not? Add her in She's there. She's not winning, but why not? Yes. Um, this one was a bit hard for me as well, mostly because nobody really stood out. So I ended up going with Bianca Belair. Yeah, I think that's the case. I think AEW's got like a lot of clear standards and the WWE's just like... 
I guess I'll go with them. She, yeah, she had a great WrestleMania moment, um, which sadly might have been her peak because I don't know if they've been handling her quite as well as they should. Definitely not as of late. But she had a very good year and is one of the few NXT talents to actually become successful on the main roster. So I feel like this was the category that I was least qualified to address because I just don't remember many standout performances from the women's division this year. It's a lot of it's just the same people in the same combinations over and over again. So Bianca's a little bit of a fresh face, at least still at this point. So I went with her. She had a great year, and I, I'm a big fan. Mm-hmm. Um, I think last year was different because there was a clear choice. Remember, we both went with Io Shirai. Right. Um, she had a standard year compared to anyone else, but this year no one really had an amazing year or anything. But out of the best that they had, Bianca Blair was the best um, that they had to offer. Um, her winning the Rumble this year was finally them really getting something right. I will give them credit where credit is due. That was the right choice the absolute right yep. choice i think that was great and although it was a, sh- a shaky build um she got her moment in the main event of night one of wrestlemania 37 which i thought was great as well she had a solid enough run but even then she didn't have the best year as like her reign had its issues and then she was dropped out to lynch in like 20 something seconds and then <laughs> yep. fell down the card she's she was exactly. with dewdrop for god's sakes right um and then i think i honorable mention raquel gonzalez who had a solid year she did um she would be probably my closest second yep AEW Female Wrestler of the Year. And then we go to AEW Female Wrestler of the Year. Um, so we have three nominees written down. Uh, Britt Baker, Hikaru Shida, and Thunder Rosa. You could even throw in someone like Nyla Rose, and I would not bat an yeah, eye, she had a but solid she's year. not winning. No, I feel like we kind of had to scrounge a little for other nominees since the choice here, I think, is pretty obvious, and it's Britt, yeah. it's Britt Baker. She's very good in the ring to excellent at times. And she's just miles ahead of anyone else in terms of character and mic work. She's been the champion for a ton of time this year. She had a match of the year contender, probably my most entertaining or favorite match with Thunder Rosa. So I this was super easy. It's Britt Baker. She is the AEW female wrestler of the year for sure for me. Absolutely. Um, So I'm going to have to agree with Britt Baker there. Um, This is one of AEW's cases uh, this year of making a genuine big star. A few to Thunder Rosa early in the year, culminating that unsanctioned match, which was a match of the year contender. And then she moved on to the stellar match with Sheeta, which got her the much-deserved crowning moment, uh, winning the women's title. And her reign has lasted the rest of the year. And in general, it's been pretty good. It conti- And she continued top-notch character work. Next year, I think it'll set up another big title moment a la Hangman Page this year, because whoever That's beats her is Thunder a made star. It'll be Thunder Rosa, right. I think. They're just, they're just likely. building to that. I think. Mm-hmm. I think they'd be crazy not to, frankly. Mm-hmm. That's the money match for me. Overall female wrestler of the year. Um, overall female wrestler of the year. <laughs> hmm. <laughs> Tough one. I don't I don't know. Easy. Britt Baker wins easily. She had entertaining matches, mastered a character, cut awesome promos week in and week out. The amount she's improved in all areas since debuting in AEW where I was not impressed at all. So her development's nothing short of incredible. If Here's what I'm saying. If every woman in wrestling became a free agent and I were starting a company, I think I'm taking her as my like centerpiece for that division, right? Um, there may be yeah. others who are better in ring, like Io Shirai comes to mind. Not that Brit isn't good, but Brit's the complete package, right? At a level that I don't see anywhere else. Um, and if I have to fit this in somewhere... Honestly, second place to me, fairly distant, but second place nonetheless ahead of anyone else in WWE is Deanna Perrazzo, who I watch week in and week out on Impact Wrestling, right? She is fantastic. She was a champion in multiple companies. 
She's amazing in the ring. I think she's still got the AAA I think she does, too. She's really excellent in the ring. Um, Just a technician in there. She's always entertains me. She had an incredible year. It's just, sadly, she had that year for Impact, so nobody sees her. But she is fantastic. But it's Britt Baker, but I just wanted to give Deanna Perrazzo some love at some point on this episode. (laughs) Yeah. Um, I always said to go with Britt Baker as well. Nothing WWE had comes close to her. Um, she was just so much better than anything they had to offer. In and out of the ring, she remained entertaining, and her entire year was pretty good for her. Whereas the best WWE had, Bianca Belair, she didn't have an entirely good year. She hasn't ended the year the best, I right? Agree. I think Britt Baker's year has strong. been consistently yep. good, right? I agree. I mean, maybe she's not quite as hot, but she's still very popular, and I think she's had a consistently good year. Mm-hmm. WWE Male Wrestler of the Year. Um, so next we move to WWE's Male Wrestler of the Year, which is, um, a joke category, pretty much. <laughs> um, Finn Balor is our first nominee, then we got Johnny Gargano, begrudgingly, carrying cross, because He achieved a lot, yes. He achieved a lot, right. Many uh, accomplishments. Accomplishments are a, a part they of are. this, so I can't simply yep. go on It's fair. people I enjoy. Uh, Big E, speaking of people I enjoy, Adam Cole, uh, Roman Reigns, and robert lashley so for me um if this is one of those categories where if nxt were just included and we weren't expanding it to the whole right because i was like i was either because finn balor was still good but he wasn't around he was gone. The so year, right? it's funny you say that because so, i remember loving finn balor it was like then my, i was like with carrying cross i was like i guess i gotta take carrying cross it was like, my favorite ever finn balor iteration and so i went back and looked honestly, and it stopped like halfway through the year right honestly so, i would have taken even p done but you I no, because that's because I like him. Like I don't. It's like it, I'm glad we because now it's just so easy. Easy, right? Now that we've included the main roster, it makes it clear it's Roman Reigns, obviously, for months. I thought you were gonna say Reggie. Yeah, he was the only entertaining thing on WWE TV for the most part. Yeah. Um, and his combination with Heyman and the Usos has been really good. Although he has since fired Heyman for a really long time, right? I think it's kind of waning now. Like it's kind of getting a bit. This needs to go somewhere and we need to sort of generate some sort of realistic challenger for him. But I think it's undeniable that he is the WWE male wrestler of the year. Roman Reigns. Absolutely. Um, I'm glad we're just going to NXT because I now have a clear choice, which is Roman Reigns. His heel turn character shift last year was amazing. And for months in this year, he continued the work. It was the only thing on the main roster that could come remotely close to anything AEW had. Even then, it's still a pretty decent gap. Even though his act has grown a little bit, still do to uh w's clear lack of end game plan and inability to build credible babyface challengers um not named john cena uh but he did add the usos into the fold which added a bit to his stuff and Heyman was good until the lesnar feud which they have revived for let's see the 10th time if i had to guess and then reigns fired Heyman. But compared to anyone else in WWE, he had the best year of anyone. He remained Universal Champion for literally the entire right, year. Right, so what can you say? So, I mean, that has to say something as well. If I had to say honorable mention to Bobby Lashley, who finally got a yep. good year in, right. finally got some treatment like he deserved, and yes. honorable mention to Big E, too, who did pretty well for himself Couple as well. A couple of guys who've been waiting far too long to get that top spot in that company, for sure. Absolutely. AEW Male Wrestler of the Year. Um, next we move to AEW Male Wrestler of the Year, which I mean, despite having good nominees, is also a joke category, pretty Kinda. much. Um, the nominees we have are Kenny Omega, Hangman Page, and Brian Danielson. Although I think a fair argument would be to put in Miro as a, a yeah, nomination. He he's did pretty well too. Year. Um, but honestly, these are the three feasible 
yep. options. And I wanted to find a way or was close to finding a way to take Brian Danielson. But part of the issue is most of his really good year, which was good in WWE, right? Um, so he was what? If his entire year was in EW, it would be very right. close. So he had a good year in WWE and main evented Mania. And then for me, he just absolutely has killed it in every possible way since arriving in AEW. Like, I've always liked Brian Danielson and I've known he's a good right. wrestler and stuff like that because I didn't really see him in ROH. That was a time where I was not watching ROH. So, but this is the, he's currently the best wrestler in the world for me right now. Outside the ring, the whole inside the ring, everything he's doing. But we're talking about all of 2021 in AEW. And so that has to be Kenny Omega, right? Although his, um, he's had like one of the greatest years I've ever seen. Right, and I'm to be fair, his reign in several companies didn't quite come through the way I wanted it to. But I think it was still there. Right, he was still the champion of three companies at once. He had amazing matches all over the place. I personally like his character work. I know some people don't. Um, and it turns out that now we learn he was working with some pretty significant injuries for quite a good chunk of the year. So. His 2021 was phenomenal by anyone's standards. Phenomenal. And he, oh. <laughs> he is the AEW male wrestler of the year. Kenneth, oh my God. Absolutely. Um, so, yeah, honorable mention to Brian Danielson, who just seemed to be putting out match of the year candidates on any time he was there. Having that absolute dream match against Kenny Omega, that's a rare time where I can say, yes, that was a dream match. Um, and like you said, he had our match of the year as well. But he wasn't in AEW enough to sustain... Like to just right. to justify um, his choice here, and even then, I just think Omega's accomplishments alone make him stand out as the best. Um, there is no real other choice for me. He carried three world titles with three different major promotions simultaneously. While maybe a couple of those didn't quite live up, I think it still was there. Although I think Triple H reign has been going on for a while, and he didn't even lose that one. Right. Actually, um, he put on multiple matches your candidates like brian danielson despite working with injuries that may have him mia for the next year i mean who seems knows, like right? he's been gone for a while for um, sure um he had one of the best years if not the best year of his career and one of the best years in of any wrestler in recent memory that i've seen he was untouchable for the vast majority of the year maybe even the entire year dare i say well i guess majority of the year because he's been gone for a bit um he's the clear best of the year for me um he was just on a different level so yes his Kenny name's Omega. gonna keep coming up here i think overall male wrestler of the year yep um because now we go to our overall male wrestler of the year which is encompassing ew and wwe and so i'm going to have to pick reginald i think he was <laughs> very down. good this year yep yeah uh regardless of roman reigns run in wwe i don't think this was a close race easily choose kenny omega as my male wrestler of the year from any of the companies we're including here. Mm -hmm. I have to go with Kenny Omega. WWE's best answer to AEW was Roman Reigns. And even then, Omega's AEW run while also holding the AAA and Impact main titles blows Reigns out of the water tenfold. Um, Omega is easily my choice for best anything, which leads us to our finale. Overall wrestler of the year, male or female. Yep. Which is overall wrestler of the year. Anticlimactic, anyone? A bit of anti a bit anticlimactic, yes, but um I'm gonna have to go with Kenny Omega. He had one of the best years in pro wrestling I've ever seen. Um and or heard of. He stands out from literally everyone else as this year's best. I can't possibly think of anyone else. Like no. for good reason. Like it's it's him. And he even was normally I would say best. like only if we were watching New Japan because they'll do some but th that was a real down year for them, so 
Because like when you're talking about best years ever, you got to look at Omega in New Japan, um, Okada in New Japan, right? But this year, I don't think um, New Japan had offered much. Not that I kept up with it, but from what I've been hearing, it's a down year there. So for all of the reasons we have stated many times already, the overall wrestler of the year of any gender of any company that we watch is definitely Kenny Omega. Yeah, he was just on uh, he was just on another level. Um and yes, he he is the best. He is the best of three things, I think. Mm-hmm. Um so yes, Kenny Omega was very good and he's enjo- he's earned a big fat vacation. That's right, he has. Uh so that's going to bring us to the end of our best of 2021 show. We will be back down here tomorrow for episode 76 of the main show, right? Where we'll talk about some AEW Dynamite. Right. And then... Um, Gotta get to some NXT UK probably yep. before then. And the and worst of... Worst of... Year-end awards will be coming soon. Yep, next couple days I think we'll find some time to get down here now that school's been postponed for you. You've got a bit of free oh, time. yeah. So we will get our worst of show coming out as well. And I think that's going to wrap it up for us, yeah? Nothing else to yep. say? Yeah. So thanks to anyone who tuned in to listen to us. We really do appreciate it. We'll see you back here tomorrow for episode 76. And until then, take care.